This episode of On the Limb with Nature's Voice Game Calls is brought to you by Will Jewelry and Loan. When you need cash and you need it fast, check out Will Jewelry and Loan. Come on in with your jewelry, firearms, electronics, tools, lawn equipment, dirt bikes, side-by-sides, and even four-wheelers. They will be any competitor's loan amount, and that's a fact. Wheel Jewelry and Loan guarantees faster and more cash for your loan than any other company in the area. They have your cash you need fast. Check them out today on their Facebook page or give them a call at 304-768-5101. Stop in and talk with them at 5523 McCorkle Avenue, Southwest, South Charleston, West Virginia. Wheel Jewelry and Loan, 304-768-5101. All right, guys, welcome to another segment here live from Kate's Mountain Lodge here in Greenbrier, West Virginia. We're up here at the Greenbrier Resort. We're promoting this wild and wonderful hunting, fishing, and conservation expo that they're going to be having here in September of this year, September 2023, 22nd through the 25th. And right now we have uh, one of our good friends, pro staffer here with Nature's Voice Game Calls, Caleb Currents. Caleb, how you doing, sir? Doing good, Mike. Thanks for having me. Good, man. And I got Dave Young here, production guy, and I got co-host Dan Hall here with me. So, How you guys doing? Doing good, doing good. So, talking about this morning, Caleb, tell us a little bit about the hunts that we've done this morning. Well, it uh, it started very early. <laughs> it did. <laughs> it, it, it started really early. You're, you're working on about three hours of sleep, Eric. Yeah, yeah. I think we all are, though. But, right. uh, I mean, like you said, you were, you were building mouth calls yeah. at, like, 1 in the morning. So. Building mouth calls at one twenty. I, t- I think I texted you, didn't I? Yeah. I was I was asleep. I was a zombie. Yeah. But I woke up at 3 and was like, oh, that sucks. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I thought I had it rough. I, I woke up at 4, and then I, I set another alarm for 4.05 or something like that, and I was like, oh, my God, is it really already time to get up? Yeah. You know? Yeah, and typically I'm really excited to go turkey hunting, but after, yeah. you know, 48 hours, three hours of sleep. Well, it's, yeah. been, it's been a busy week. It's, I mean, It's been super busy. We've got a ton of things going on here, so just hit on that if you don't care. Hit on what we've got going on here and, you know, what started all this. Yeah, so I mean, we've been we've been doing some turkey hunts, as you know, you kind of mentioned already. Uh, I think we had four or five groups. I don't know. Whenever I put in the lunches, we had like twenty people out, like in the turkey woods. This awesome, morning. you know, yes. that's guides, cameramen, uh, and actual shooters. And then um, we had, I believe it was four boats on on the river. Wow. So, and then I think we had a few guys here uh, doing some fly fishing. Actually, as doing well. some fly fishing. Yeah. yeah, we're gonna have we're gonna try to get them on here before they leave. Yeah, they're sitting right over here. So, hey guys, we're getting ready to have you on. <laughs> <laughs> they're 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 over there looking at turkey yeah. calls. Yeah. <laughs> the fly fishing guys, can y'all hear me over there? Y'all getting ready to come up here? So be ready. <laughs> <laughs> Colton and his wicked sunburn over there talking about turkey calls. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, speaking of wicked sunburn, it definitely got hot today. It oh, did. It, yeah. it, it did. And that's definitely not not what we wanted. I, you know, sh- I shedded the thermal shirt really quick this morning. Yeah. I was like, good Lord. Yeah. I don't I, even know why you had a thermal on to begin yeah. with. Well. It was yeah. already warm. Yeah. It I, wasn't when we left. <laughs> I started I started out really light with, like, just a, one of the Nomad, like, breathable yes. turkey turkey shirts. And, and I was pretty good all day, but. Uh, so did y'all strike up any birds today? So we got out on the point kind of where uh, I knew a bird had been staying. I didn't know if he was roosting on that point or, you know, kind of off one side of the drain or the other because uh, it kind of wise off and that point's in the middle. So I was yeah. like, well, that's a good spot to kind of listen sure. and get get our, get our feet under us. And sure enough, uh, it took him a little bit to gobble. He didn't gobble till almost 630. Uh, oh, wow. We heard two distant gobbles. Way like I don't know in Canada or something. <laughs> <laughs> they, they were at, they were at, like out there. Yeah, and uh, out there or down there in the yeah, bottom. Yeah, it, it was, seemed like a lot of the birds today was yeah. in the bottom. Yeah, they're they're loving creeks right now. Drains yeah. creeks. Um, well, it's starting to get hotter. They're needing that water. Yeah, and, you yeah, know, absolutely. And there's there's a lot more cover down there by the creeks yeah, too. You you're know? right. A lot yeah. of laurel. Um, you know, and if you'll notice, a lot of the pines are down by the creeks yeah. as well, or just up. Uh, off of the creek. Well, that's a, a good thing time. to mention because, like, on our way up here, we were talking about down in Charleston where we're from. It's green down there. Yeah. I mean, we've got uh, we've got foliage everywhere. Oh, it's full. And yeah. you start coming up here, and you don't have anything yeah. like that. It's wide. It's just wide open yeah. hardwoods, yeah. and it's hard to hunt turkeys in that, and hard yeah. to, hard to move on turkeys in that. Well, that and like you're talking about the creeks, you know they. We walked down through past a creek on mine, so it's wide open. You know they had the the benefit of seeing. For a good distance, yep. yeah. So, yep. But uh, but no. Uh, after we heard the bird gobble once, um, the 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 bird that we were in there to hunt, he gobbled one time on the limb, and then we kind of moved down a little lower to get a little bit better kind of judge on you know judgment on where he was. Was he on our side or the other side of the holler? And um, he was on our side, but he gobbled twice. Uh, just gobble gobble, you know, double gobbled, and uh, I actually didn't hear it. Jason Jason heard it and. Uh, um, we just kind of froze there for a minute, and he pulled out his trumpet, hit that trumpet, and we could hear a hen. Yuck, yuck, yuck. Mm. And he's like, ah, oh, well, we're going to sit here and play the waiting game and just see. That's you know, nice. Be patient. And we we kind of set up right there. We had a pretty good setup, and we waited on him for over an hour, you know, and the bird never gobbled again. You know, we you know scratched around in the leaves, sounded like a turkey, you know, clucked, purr, whine. You know, we got yep. a little aggressive as, you know, mm-hmm. as it kind of went on, but – just no interest, and uh, and that's kind of what I've been seeing a lot of here in the past three, four days. Um, kind of at the end of Virginia's first week, I've noticed that the birds are really starting to kind of the gobbling isn't as good as it was, mm-hmm. and you know, that might be you know pressure. I don't think it's as much pressure on the West Virginia birds, but you know the weather doesn't help either. I mean, yeah. we just went from a thirty degree temperature drop and high winds you've had that change in weather yeah. you know that, yep. that makes a big difference yeah. we're only we're only four days into the season right now yeah. so well, of course we had youth season there on, started on saturday but four days in and they're all, they've already gone silent yeah yeah and 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 i and it'll pick up you know week yeah. at the end of the second yeah. week it's it's gonna be a good time being in turkey woods you're gonna kill a lot of and i would rather it i like later in the season personally really you can move on turkeys a lot better there's more foliage yep. and then typically most of your hens are really sitting on nests true. nine yeah, nine thirty true. so it's a lot easier to work a turkey that's lost his loved one you know well, what I'm yeah. saying? and uh so 
and and later in the seasons when you kill those longsburg turkeys, I mean, th- those are, those those are the ones you know we always dream about. I mean, I'm never going to complain about a hard goblin two year old. But, yeah, <laughs> but, but I'll take I'll take whatever whatever the good Lord will bless me with. But, sure. Uh, but yeah, I love the later season hunt. Yep. So you you have you actually have that uh, lonesome hen yelp yep. that you can do during that time. Yep. And that'll draw them gobblers right yep. in. Yep. And a lot of times you pair that up with just like you said, a lone hen decoy. Yep. You know, you don't have to worry about putting a Jake. Don't decoy put the Jake there. Right. Yep. Yep. Just a lone hen and breeder hen, something like that. Yep. You know, he's yep. he's love struck at first sight. Yep. Definitely. So. All righty. Well, um, I think we've got uh, Jason Hart coming in next. He is well, the you, uh, director of uh, community marketing at Mossy Oak. He's also the co-founder of Huck Fishing and Nomad Hunting. So we got him coming up next. What did you want to say, Dan? Did you want to talk to him a little bit more about the Wild and Wonderful Expo? Yeah, just, yeah, just tell us a little bit more about the Expo, what's going to be going on uh, actually at the Expo. And, you know, this is the media day, so this is kind of like the promotional part of it yeah. for the show. And uh, I'm just going to tell you guys right now, you all have done a phenomenal job Absolutely. with well, with you. planning this and all the events that's went on. I mean, Hunt Chef has been here, and he's cooked some phenomenal food. The Greenbriars actually catered some phenomenal food. I mean, if you all have not had a chance to try the Prime 44 West restaurant, mm-hmm. yeah, that place is by far... The best place I've ever ate in my life. <laughs> yeah. Those lobster mashed potatoes. Did you that, try those? That, that's, oh, my god! I told you. Those are the best I've ever had <laughs> in my great. life. And it's not only a restaurant. It's it's like a commemorative oh, museum. Yeah. yeah. You yeah. know, me and, me and Dave, the producer here, was talking about who's going to be willing to give up their rings. You know those probably aren't replicas sitting mm, in that not. case. Those are yeah. probably legit. Really. They look legit. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. So, Jerry West, he's a great man. Yeah, you know? he is. Mountaineer. Once a mountaineer, always a mountaineer. Yes, sir. Yep. Yeah, um, I, I got – that was awesome because, like you was talking, it took me probably a good 25 minutes to get to the table because – I know. I was, I was looking, looking at all the stuff, and I was like – in there. It's like, good oh Lord. God, this is all his memorabilia. This is all his stuff he actually wore yeah. and put but on. But you know what's awesome. funny is, like, you're going around and you're taking all them pictures and there's nobody looking at you like you're crazy because everybody does it when they come to the restaurant. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So. Yeah. I mean, you know, with with these media days, you know, we, we you know, we want everybody, you know, we want you all to see what we have to offer. Yes. You know, and like, and that's from dining, that's from activities, you yeah. know, sure. hunting, fishing. Um, and, and that's what we're really trying to get with the expos. We want everybody to see not only what the Greenbrier has to offer, um, but we want to support the local community as well. Look yeah. at what West Virginia has to offer. Oh, yeah, as sure. a state. Yeah, absolutely. You know, Greenbrier not, County. Not to interrupt you, but you can hear the I, shooting was, club yeah. in the you, background. Yeah. You beat me to it, Mike. Yeah. I was the literally going to say. The shooting club is on fire today. Yeah. If you want to hear what they have to offer, yeah. just listen in the background. Yeah. Listen you in got the, the gun yeah. shooting You've in got the, the clay targets that you can shoot with Beretta shotguns. Yeah. Or, or is it Benelli? Uh, Benelli. I, I think we have Berettas up there. Okay. Yep, yep we've okay. got Berettas. I didn't know if it was Beretta or Benelli. So. So, but, but, yeah, I mean, you know, the idea of that, the whole idea behind the expo is to, to let people try before they buy. Yes, right? definitely. Right? So it's not like you come in and, and, and everyone's just trying to sit and, you know, just sell you a bunch of stuff, mm-hmm. right? Like, there are going to be booths, but, the, you know, it's like Quiet Cat. You know, Quiet Cat, Quiet Cat yes. sent us bikes. Yes, you know, and like we're in, and we're going to do some hunting off their bikes and stuff. You know, and fishing trips off their and bikes. We get a chance to try those out. Yeah, you know, oh, I mean, yeah. That, yeah, I've been that's, wanting that's, to try one. Yeah. I've been looking at them. Yeah, you can ride one right after this. Uh, you know, okay. I mean, they're, they're right there. And <laughs> they're sitting right out front. And and but it's gonna they're gonna have like a little track and like or trail set up here for the expo. Oh wow! Yeah, so like 
you're going to get like a seminar on you know all the features, and then you can they're going to be like, all right, yeah, let's ride, and you get to test it out. Like, what better way to like realize, yeah, we want this, you know, I want this or I don't, yeah. than using the equipment, and that's the whole idea behind the expo. That's a major selling point. Oh, it's great. You know, yeah, I mean, it's it's a it's a thing that you all are trying to incorporate and do that I have not seen in any other trade shows other than the archery trade show, the ATA. Yeah. Yeah. You know, shoot, maybe, maybe the shot show. Yeah. The shot show I know does different things with the ranges and stuff like that to where you can shoot different guns. Yeah. And the ATA, you can actually shoot bows. Yep. But other than that, all these other companies that are there, you're not able to actually try their products out. Yeah. So another company that you all had was... You've got Brio Grill. Brio. Okay. Yeah, and they're actually sponsoring our Wild Game Cook-Off. Okay. So that's something that's going to happen... Uh, and the way it's looking is there's going to be a wild game cook-off earlier in the summer, and then the finalists will compete head-to-head at the expo. Oh, no right? way. Yeah, so, and like, you, so you'll, get, you'll get to see these grills, which I know you guys have seen them. You know, Hunt Chef's been cooking on them. And, uh, and man, they're great. Super, super great. Um, I believe it's like 80 or 90% less smoke with, with yeah, Brio. Okay. You know, and... They've got, like, travel grills that you can literally, you know, they're tri-fuel, so you can mm-hmm. do pellets, charcoal, or wood, and they just pack down. You can put them in your truck. Nice. And super light. So, um, Brio, Brio, like, they're another one. They just was like, hey, you know, here's some grills. Check these out, you know, and, and along with the Quiet Cats, you know, they're, they're, we're really looking forward to being able to showcase these products. And, and they're products that have been hand-selected by the guides, you know, and by our team. So it's it's going to be really really cool, uh, and and we're excited for it. That's awesome. Yeah. Good so deal. how many? I mean, you, you're talking about there's not going to be a whole lot of vendors, but there there still will be some, correct? Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, everyone's going to you know want to set up booths, um, you know, and there's going to be guns floating around everywhere, sure. and you know displays and stuff like that. Uh, it's it's not going to be like as outfitter heavy as, as a lot of trade shows. It's going to be more of gear, sure, you know, and it's and, and product and you know because yep. I mean that's that's right before bow season opens, right? You know? Absolutely. I mean, so, um, is it before or is it during? I think it's I'm trying the to week, think. I think it's the weekend before. Okay. Weekend before, yeah, I, I think, think so. Is I it, think okay. it, yeah. So, but uh, yeah, I'm. I just can't say enough good things about, like, what's coming with this expo. And it's only going to get bigger, yeah. Uh, yeah. you know, from here. Right this now. This is the first year for it, so. Yeah. Yeah. So, it's yeah. the first year for it. And, you know, with, with the Greenbrier, I mean, we've hosted the PGA in the past. You yeah. Know, we've got Liv coming this year. Um, it's not our first rodeo as yeah. far as big events big go. Big events, right, yeah. But it is our first rodeo in the aspect of In the outdoor the hunting, industry. Yeah, in the outdoor industry. And, sure. But and, just, like, just like your community director up there was saying and the public relations guy, this has to happen. Yeah. yeah. You know, oh, yes. Th- there's too much opportunity yeah. here in yeah. West Virginia and at the Greenbrier alone for it yeah. not to happen. Yeah. I mean, look at it. There's so I much mean, public like, land. Like first, close. all of that mountain is Greenbrier property. Yes. All of that mountain is Greenbrier property. And then surrounding the, that is the, National Forest. Yep. National Forest, yeah. P- perfect public hunting. Can't be. So, it. like, the first night we was here was Wednesday night. And we come in, and we had a tying on event, mm-hmm. and and Dave tied it on. That was amazing. <laughs> Dave tied one, <laughs> and it actually looked better than everybody else's. So, <laughs> that's, that, that, no, my son actually what, did good too. Trevor, yeah, yeah, Trevor's yeah. was really good. Yeah, yeah, yeah t- Trevor's was. Mine looked good. I'm, mine but you know, good. I really enjoyed. That's not that. what Archie said, but whatever. <laughs> well, 
<laughs> well, he lied to me. <laughs> He's trying to make you feel good. Dude, hey, as long as he made me feel good. Yeah. And, and Archie, hey, you know what? As he long went as out and caught him. a fish. Yeah, yeah, he caught a fish. <laughs> they filmed it. We're standing out there. Yeah. And, and it was just, a nice one. Yeah, we're just talking nice. and gathering around, and he's out there fly fishing yeah. and catches a nice rainbow. Yeah, You get Archie around a creek too long, he's going to be like, <laughs> he's going to fish. He's That's gonna awesome, fish. man. Sad. I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah. I really liked the tying on event. Yeah. That was yeah, nice. It was nice. But I mean, it, it kind of reminds me with the press, the mouth call press and the different yeah. tools that I use to do those things. Yeah. yeah. But it is a little different. Yeah. Because you're having to use your left hand for a lot of things, and mm-hmm. I'm not used to that. So yep. I was like, can I flip this thing around? He was like, well, if you do, you're going to have to use your right hand on the wrong side. Yeah. So. Yeah, and you think about that and, like, the way you stack hair and, and you and you, know, you can tie it in. Yeah. can completely change the dynamic of the fly, the yeah. presentation. Uh-huh. So it's it's really meticulous. It is. You know? See, I used to do it. I, I've, I've gotten out of it over the years because I just haven't had the time to fly fish like mm-hmm. I used to, but... When I was actually when I lived in PA for a while, I, that's when I started learning. When I was a kid, I started learning to tie my own flies. Yeah, because I was fly fishing for them steelheads. Oh yeah, continuously, mm-hmm. yeah. man. You talk about fun. Oh yeah, hit them steelheads on a fly rod. Yeah. <laughs> but then I got I got away from it. I still trout fish heavily mm-hmm. as as much as I can. I love to trout fish. Oh yeah, it's my favorite fish. It, it really yeah. is. Most of the time, I release them, but. If I'm camping, I'll keep. Oh, absolutely! I eat every one of them I can catch. Yeah, <laughs> he's like he's like no remorse. They're good eating. If you go and put them back, give them to me. I'll take a home grill. That's right. <laughs> hey, you know what? I put some of that Hunt Chef seasoning on there, yeah. and oh Hold my on. lord! I hope you brought your spurs because it's getting western. There you <laughs> go. That's right. Straight out of Pontchartrain. Eat what you kill. That's right. You got to eat what you kill. Yep. That's right. But yeah, I'll tell All you right. what. We smoke that trout. Make a trout dip out of it. Oh, oh I've heard smoked fish dip is really smoked. Really. It is really is good. Amazing. Like I've heard. I've, yep. I've yep. never had it, but I've heard it's really, really. It's good. it's good. Yeah, it's amazing. The um, Hunter's Choice. Hunter's Choice. Yeah, they make one. They're about. They're at about every trade show. They'll they'll be at the they'll be at the Wild and Wonderful Expo. I'm sure. I'm sure. Yeah. But they, I mean, they make the smoked trout dip and. They're oh, breaking out into all kinds of stuff. It's now. so phenomenal. He's I'm making this. To, I'm have to their smoke trout alone is like, oh man, amazing. So, he yeah. gave us some when we was at our last trade show, and yeah. we were sitting there, and that was my lunch. Yeah, I ate the whole fillet. <laughs> yeah, with I, crackers. I couldn't get a bite. That's awesome. Michael was like a freaking vulture yeah. over there. <laughs> you ain't getting it. He was growling. <laughs> you like set a... it in front of me. It's gone. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, honestly, though, what I do, he, I, I bought one of his trout fillets. I'll take it home. And I'll make my own trout dip. Ah, I'll man. buy his as well. You know, yeah. but I, I take that home, and my wife's like, "Put yeah, your own I, can, I can make that." He we'll mentioned uh, he mentioned that to him, and he was like, "What? You're trying trying to put me out of business?" <laughs> I said, "I ain't never putting you out of business. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I can't catch enough." <laughs> They've got that recipe down pat. They make that they stuff do. in big old freaking. He's uh, making cheese mixers balls now, dialed oh, in. Yeah, they dialed do. Yeah, got a trout cheese in. balls, trout dip. You name it. I'm going to I'm gonna have to try that. You're going to have to try it. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's it's well worth trying. It is. I'm going to have to get this get Good people. And they're, they're out of Shady Springs. Yeah. Really? Yeah, they, they are. are. They're lucky sure to you. Yeah. Yep. I can be in Shady Springs like 35 minutes. Yeah. I'm going to have to get this contact. Yep. I'll, I'll hook you up. Actually, brother. I need to I go to Shady anyhow because there's a guy down there I need to talk to. You are a little shady anyways. Well, yeah, I am. <laughs> but he's... he's, he's uh, 
He does Cerakoting. I just oh, built okay. me a new AR. I want to Cerakote it. There you go. So he, the best one in the state apparently is in Shady Springs. Well, hey, let's, let's get Jason Hart on here before he leaves. He looks like he's wanting to leave. All right. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Caleb, we thank you, brother. All right. Thank you, Mike. We appreciate you, yep. man. Thank you. We're going to do a little ad here from our sponsors, and then we'll be right back with Jason Hart, the director and community marketing there at uh, Mossy Oak. You know, so another thing we always like to do on our podcast here is our uh, salute to Valor. And tonight we're going to salute Caleb Currents. He's from Beckley, West Virginia. He was in the Army for seven years where he was a second lieutenant in the the 119th Snapper Company. Uh, He trained in Poland and Georgia. Yep. So that's that's pretty cool, you know. You know, I was giving Caleb a little bit of crap because (laughs) – <laughs> most most lieutenants you talk to or are in the field with is a grunt myself. Yeah. They have trouble with the land nav courses. And oh, the okay. whole land navigation. Yeah. So, you know, I was giving him a little crap. He said, I was one of the special ones. I said, you know what? I believe you. I've seen you in the woods. Yeah. And all that. So. He, he does well in the woods. And, you know, he's one of our guides up here this weekend. And, you know, he does an amazing job. So, yeah, he definitely does. Caleb, we sure appreciate your service to our great country. And we thank you, sir. Yep, we appreciate it. Thanks, Caleb. Yep. This episode of On the Limb with Nature's Voice Game Calls is brought to you by Ghost 802, a sports team based in Vermont. Their goal is to promote safe and ethical hunting and to raise the youth to share the same passion for the archery, hunting, and the outdoors as they did growing up. For more information, check them out on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Let them know that you heard about them right here on The Limb with Nature's Voice Game Calls. guys welcome to another segment here on the limb with nature's voice game calls we're here live at the kate's mountain lodge here in the greenbrier valley greenbrier west virginia greenbrier county at the greenbrier <laughs> spit it out greenbrier there, greenbrier greenbrier i'm t- that's all we've done i mean it's like you you'd think you'd is, have it down pat by now but well you, i'm just, just so stu- like stumbling over starstruck your here because everything is so awesome I mean, this place. No, it is. is they put they put together one heck. This of a place show. is phenomenal, you know. So right now we got Jason Hart, which is the director of community marketing at Mossy Oak, and he's also the co-founder of Huck Fishing and Nomad Hunting. Jason, how you doing, sir? Doing fine, doing fine. Having a great time here in the lovely hills of West Virginia. Yeah, yes, and sir. you're you're originally from West Virginia. Yes, I was born in Charleston, West Virginia. Uh, oh, my nice. entire family's from Lincoln County, and when. I was born. My family lived in Winfield, West Virginia. Wow. So, so yes, yeah, so well, that's, that's our neck of the woods. You're, in, you're so in my backyard because yep. I'm from Cross Lane. Yeah, absolutely. I moved. Uh, my family <laughs> moved. Uh, my mom and dad moved to South Carolina when I was eight years old, and so I grew up in Charleston, South Carolina. But I spent my summers in West Virginia on my uncle Wayne's farm, hanging out with my cousin David. So my accent 
makes me sound like I'm from somewhere in Fort Worth, Texas, because it's a combination of West Virginia and the low country of South Carolina. <laughs> yeah. All right. There you go. Because when I come to West Virginia, you're like, man, you're from way down in the south. And when I'm in my hometown, people are like, my God, you sound country. So, yeah, that's, yeah. Uh, I, I, got, I got quite the diversity in my accent somehow. So That's funny. So tell us a little bit how you got started in all this stuff that you're in. Well, uh, long story. It's actually a long story, but I went to... <laughs> we got plenty I, of time. I, I grew up hunting in South Carolina and fell in love with turkey hunting at a young age and, and deer hunting. And uh, you know, back when you're in middle school, or at least, at least when I was in middle school, they, you know, they told you to do something what you love to do. And right. I, I like to hunt, so the only way when you go off to college, the only thing that I... I thought that could take me hunting was a degree in wildlife biology. Okay, yeah. Uh, little did I know that, you know, wildlife biologists with undergrad degrees um, don't make a whole lot of money. I wish somebody would told me if you like to hunt, you need to be in finance or a doctor or lawyer or something so you can afford to go yeah, to all right. kinds of cool places. But yeah. uh, anyhow, I went to Clemson and uh, realized after about uh, about three years that I was not going. I was not very good at statistics, so I was probably not going to get my master's and that uh, – I need to figure out how to do something, and uh, long story short, I knew I wanted to be in the hunting industry and got a minor in marketing while I was at Clemson, and my first job out of college was with Avery Outdoors, and that led me to becoming a pseudo-deer biologist and uh, with, a, right. with a group that's no longer... Uh, it, it merged with another group. Uh, it was called the Quality Deer Management Association. I was just getting okay, to mention yeah. that, yeah. yeah. So I was a pseudo-deer biologist and helped throw events and fundraisers there and then got recruited by an up-and-coming company out of Baltimore, Maryland that was getting in the hunting industry called Under Armour. Um, so I was the first hire for Under Armour's Hunt Fish side, and uh, that was a pretty wild, fun ride for seven and a half years. And I bet it was. Got really homesick, uh, missing the South, living in downtown Baltimore, Maryland, and uh, went to work with a bunch of friends at Mossy Oak Brand Camo. And while I was there, we came up with the grand idea of starting a T-shirt company uh, on the fishing side of the business because there wasn't a much of a market for bass fishing and so yeah sure two of my old co-workers at uh, under armor one which was an old fraternity brother of mine at clemson and another his older brother we all went to clemson together um decided to start a company and our first brand was hook uh which is spelled h-u-k a performance fishing company and uh and then while we went to look for investors we thought that the hunting side was bigger so I had to come up with a brand for hunting, and that was Nomad. So oh, That's awesome. Nice. Um, so awesome. that was pretty wild, and uh, those brands took off a lot bigger than we ever imagined. So, uh, right. yeah. so how are those things birthed? Is that something you just sit and come up with? or? Well, I'll tell you exactly. Because so, <laughs> so we were, we were you, sitting there talking about this on the Limb podcast, and we're thinking – you know, man, what is our logo going to look like? Different things like that. Man, it's I mean, tough. We're, it, it we're a game call company. Yeah, you know? no, it's tough. And there's so, so many in, in, in the hunting space and the fishing space. There's so many different things trademarked. And I get this question asked a lot of times. And my one of my original business partners, Ben Verner, um, we, we came up with, we wanted to come up with a fishing brand that all anglers had something in common. And the mm-hmm. one thing they have in common is a fishing hook. Yep. So we went to trademark the word H-O-O-K. And it was trademarked. Oh yeah, sure. So we <laughs> simply looked at the at the the dictionary, and the phonetic pronunciation of the word hook is H U K. It's pronounced oh, wow. hook. It's not pronounced hook. So true. Very we true. came right. up, and so about 
90% of the people that buy a hook shirt mispronounce it and call it hook. Right, absolutely. And I, and I argued with my original business partner, and I said, you know what, this is never going to fly. Everybody's going to mispronounce it. It's not going to do. He goes, all right. He goes, how familiar are you with the surf brand Ruka? I said, man, I ain't never heard of the surf brand Ruka. I don't, not, I don't surf never like you do. It. Yeah, I will. He said, have you ever seen anybody in a mall or airport wearing a shirt that says RVCA? I was like, yeah, that brand of T-shirts. He goes, no, that's Ruka, dude. You didn't get it. You're not in surfing. I'm like, ah. Okay. So long story huh. short, he was very much right. And then uh, I was tasked with coming up with a brand name for a hunting brand. And we wanted to start a hunting brand with a, the, the main focus on whitetails. Because back then, you know, uh, 10 years ago, there was all these great companies getting in the waterfowl side of the business. And waterfowl was, was about the time Duck Dynasty was hitting its right. peak. And yeah. everybody wanted to be in du- so we realized there wasn't anybody building a really great deer brand for affordable products. So we wanted to come up with just a flat-out hunting brand that was going to be different than our hook brand. And so I came up with this, uh, came up with a name. And I better not say it on here because if I, <laughs> if, yeah, somebody might take it and make a really cool brand out of it. But yeah, don't do that. We would yeah. take it to investors and really smart guys that didn't understand hunting and uh and, you know, guys that went to Stanford and Harvard, and they didn't understand the meaning of the name. So we're like, all right, we need to simplify this. So I was in uh, back, back. it's been, uh, let's see, 2000, 2013. So it's literally been 10 years ago this month. Um, I was working for Mossy Oak Brand Camo. We were moonlighting, starting this brand, and um, I had – I had quit. I had not quit my job yet, but I got a call from my business partners telling me I needed to quit my job today uh, because our former one of our former employees found out that we had started this through our SEC filing. Oh, and I, they said you need to let your bosses know before they hear it through the grapevine. I said, <laughs> Yeah, I do. Well, that same day, my lease was up on my apartment in Daniel Island, South Carolina. And I had flown in the night before from a hunting trip in Nebraska and was flying out that night going to Wyoming. And I had been living out of my suitcase for about three weeks turkey hunting. And I was in the shower, shaving my head, contemplating quitting my job and finding a new place to live and starting new brands. And I said, this nomad lifestyle is whooping my ass. And I went, ah, nomad. So I jumped out of the shower, butt naked. Sent a text message to my three business partners. I'm like, what about Nomad? And they looked up the definition, and it was short for Nomadic Hunter. Really the first person to leave the cave. So that's how Nomad came Nice. That's awesome. Um, and then the brand got really, really, really big, and I'm still a small shareholder of the company. Um, it's owned by a large private equity firm as the majority owner. And um, anyhow, the uh, long story short, uh, went back and, and forth, went back to Mossy Oak and went back there. Anyhow, uh, back in uh, October of last year, the Hayes family, Neil and Daniel Hayes and another friend of mine, Jess Rayleigh, who work at Mossy Oak, asked me if I'd come back to uh, to in a marketing role. So, so that's where I am today. So, that's I'm, I'm rather long winded, so I apologize. Oh, no, you're uh, fine. Great. Like that's I said, great. we've got all day. I mean, because yeah, that's where I, this I was is so interesting. Ask you if if you being a shareholder still affects your relationship with Mossy Oak? No, not at all. Okay. Um, yeah, it's. I mean, I, I'm such a small shareholder. With that being said. If I go on the stash website, I can be a shareholder of Coca-Cola or uh, <laughs> or Hershey or anything. Yeah. So, no, yeah. I have no influence whatsoever. So. That's okay. cool. And, yeah, Mossy Oak has numerous great partners in the apparel sure. world. So, so yeah, it's it's obviously I keep my eye on the brand because I, I helped start it, and I wish them well. But uh, but I have no uh, no influence nor power. But they are a great 
customer of Mossy Oak, sure. as as we have many others, such as right. you know Scent Blocker and Scent Lock oh, yeah. and Drake and Old Tom and the Shin yeah. Brand. I mean, you know, you the list goes on and on that the Mossy Oak works with, and you know, Mossy Oak's got a ton of great licensees that we work with. So. Yeah. So that so that's how you all use that. Y'all y'all just license that now, right? For no Yeah, correct. Yeah, that's how the business works. When okay. you have a brand, let's take for example a brand like Drake or mm-hmm. uh, or Bandit or anything. Yes, mm-hmm. they 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 license from you know Mossy Oak or various other camouflage companies out there, and that's kind of how the business works. So. Now is that is that a yearly thing or is that a one time fee? Um, it depends. You can uh, work it out either way. Yeah, yeah, it depends. In the you know, I, I used to work on the licensing side. I'm also okay. I don't anymore, but sure. yeah, it's typically uh, you know they typically renew contracts and things like that. And it's okay. it's a lot of times it's based on. Uh, I get the question asked a lot. In apparel, a lot of times it's done by the yard. Okay, by how many yards you use of a particular camouflage fabric, and it's uh-huh. paid in royalty or it's paid as a percentage of wholesale, just depending on the product. And you know, there's you can put camouflage on a lot of different things from sure. sunglasses to phone cases yeah. to to potato chip bags, to mm. boats, to everything. <laughs> and so the, yeah. the licensing structure for a for a blind or a boat is very different from a bag of potato chips or a or a drink or something. So everything else. has its own little like area. Yeah, correct. Okay. Yep, yep. Okay. And I'm out of that side of the business with Mossy Oak, but it is still uh, without a doubt that's you know part of the part of the deal. One of the gentlemen here uh, who's part of this Greenbrier hunt Mr. Jim Crumley, uh, yes. the founder yeah. of Tree Bark Camouflage, is yeah. the one that started that entire uh, you know that entire process of licensing wow. camouflage. I think Timberland Boots uh, and Columbia Sportswear were two of his first customers, followed by PSE, which you oh my you can confirm with Jim, but he's a uh, he is quite the uh, that's crazy. He's quite the encyclopedia on he he started licensing camouflage before anybody had done it, and right, yeah. It says pretty. He has pretty cool stories. So, is there requirements with those licensings? Like, do you have to? Do they get a say in what you can put it on? Oh, absolutely, yes. Okay. Everything's vetted, and you know, uh, for example, uh, and I, I would imagine that most of the major camouflage companies, like Mossy Oak, we're not going to put, uh, you know, we're not going to put our camouflage on something uh, that would not be family appropriate. Sure, and True. you can think of a lot of different things. Uh, yes. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm sure over the years, everything under the sun has been asked. And, <laughs> I'm sure, and I'm sure this is a family radio show, so I can't talk about the <laughs> the ideas that yeah. uh, that people have passed my way that just wouldn't make sense. You know, you don't want to if you have a camouflage company such as Mossy Oak, you don't want to put your brand on something that that doesn't respect the same values that the company does. Yeah, so, yeah, right. awesome. Yep, absolutely. So you're talking about that Quality Deer Management Association. We have um, Jason Webb, which works for Capital Advocates LLC. And he's a lobbyist in Charleston, and he does a lot of work with the Quality Deer Management yes, Association. Oh, cool. Yeah. So he's the one that helped get Sunday hunting passed in West Virginia. Very cool. He's the one that um, kind of helps out with the uh, scents and the different lures and things like that in yep. different states yep. to yep. keep hunters able to use those and where they're not going to outlaw deer urine and different things. He's kind of like Tink 69's lobbyist. Oh, okay, gotcha. Yeah. gotcha. So we've had, we have him on the show every now and then as a. You know, we have uh, it's like a legislative session or segment oh, that cool. we do for different uh, legislative things that's changing here in West Virginia, and you know they just had their legislative session. So yeah. we actually yeah. just talked. There's to a them. ton of stuff in the background absolutely. that people no, don't realize that's out there. No, absolutely. And you know, like I said, my background's in wildlife biology and working for QDMA for for three and a half years. Um, it's now uh, the QDMA during COVID. 
formed with another group called the NDA that's now known as the National Deer Association. Yes. yes. The mm-hmm. NDA is they use the QDMA's logo, but a little different. But it's still uh, you know they still do a lot of advoca- advocacy and uh, conserva- or conservation education. Which on the deer side, it's not so much conservation as it is you know uh, managing Manage- the deer herd. Yeah. Right. Uh, you know you know a deer population isn't isn't as fragile as say a turkey population. So so it's a little bit different. But yeah, it was a cool time. I learned a lot and I met some of the the best minds in deer biology, some of the legends in the deer biology world during my time there. And uh, it's pretty cool. A lot of my friends that were classmates of mine at Clemson University have moved up in the ranks and are now, you know, pretty well-known deer biologists all over the country. So, awesome. um, so it's, it was neat. Although I've not been a biologist, I know enough to, to have some good trivia in deer camps or turkey camps, wherever sure. it goes. So. Yeah, definitely. So do you know Dr. Davin Henderson from Colorado State University? I do not. Okay. Okay. So he was one of the ones that was heading up the research on the um, chronic wasting disease. Chronic yep, wasting yep. disease. I know, uh, but I know a lot of that was done at, at Colorado yep. State yes. University. I, actually, when I worked for QDMA, I was a member of a small hunting club of University of Georgia deer biologists, and mm-hmm. we hunted on a lady's property by the name of Sally Dame. She was a really neat lady. Uh, she owned. Uh, she was in the taxidermy business, and uh, she'd raise fawns for uh, for University of Georgia and for Colorado State. And these fawns would walk around us in these hunting camps, and they were some of the fawns that were getting injected with CWD for educational purposes. Nice. Okay. So, so I know a little bit. I was back when I worked for QDMA was when chronic wasting disease hit Wisconsin. Yeah, and that's when things went nuts. I mean, it was wild in right. the state of Wisconsin yeah, that it year. Was bad. And yeah, it was um, you know, and it's it's still it is people don't uh, you know uh, there's they've learned a lot about and again I'm by no means uh, you know by no means have I kept up with the research over the last twenty years but twenty years ago I, you know was when it really hit America in a big way um, when Wisconsin got infected and it was just it was crazy it was yeah. the biggest news in the deer world and uh, and it definitely uh, definitely changed and there's still not a, a lot known how it spread or if it's you know it's it's here forever. Is it everywhere? We don't know. You know, there's right. a lot of unknowns yeah. about uh, chronic wasting disease, and you know the folks that are. And I'm like I said, I'm by no means uh, one that is educated well enough to speak on it. But there's some really smart people out there studying it. Um, and yes, it's uh, it's in most states. I know in my home state of South Carolina, my fraternity brother Jay Cantrell is our state deer, bear, and turkey biologist. And we don't have it's not we don't have any confirmed cases in South Carolina yet. But I know that South Carolina is doing a lot for education to you know you if you don't have it you definitely want to keep it out so yeah absolutely for sure so he's he's one of the one that uh invented that rt quick testing for cwd oh yeah you buy a lot of state agencies it's basically the same testing that they're doing now for covid but they do that within deers yeah interesting very interesting i mean and that was that was out before covid obviously but isn't it crazy that they use that same testing on humans now for covid that's crazy. That's nuts. Absolutely crazy. It's just it's just crazy yeah. how everything that, evolves together like that. Oh yeah, that COVID's a whole other issue though. So it we'll, is. We'll skip yeah. on that. <laughs> COVID's, COVID's yeah. done. Thank it's goodness, gone. it's gone. All right, Jason. So we got one more question. Co-founder of Marilena Outdoors Incorporated. Is yeah. that something new? No, no, no. A Marilena Outdoors. Marilena. So that was okay. a, that parent company of uh, well, that was the Hook and Nomad yeah, brands, and then. We also had one other company that uh, well we had two other brands we had uh, 
a brand that did not take off uh, that we had liked in the apparel world called Spanish Fly, which we licensed from the estate of Jose Wahebi, who was a very well-known saltwater uh, saltwater legend uh, and, and had a very popular TV show uh, in the early 2000s. He, he, uh, he was killed in a plane crash. Really cool guy. Uh, we had that brand that we launched the same time as Hook, and it's like you said, we that that was an established brand, and it just did not uh, from an apparel side didn't take off. But okay. his uh, his daughter is still running their foundation. It's a great deal, and then we we were we were basically stickballing and coming up with a bunch of different brands uh, because of our um, some of our time at Under Armour. We realized that you know it was very uh, there were some markets that uh, you know if we would have a uh, we would try to sell. Under Armour to a very upper end fly fishing shop in Montana, yeah, and those customers, you know, knew Under Armour for Under basketball Armour. and yeah. football, and it did. And they said, and you know, it, and I, I remember going in there. They're like, "Man, we sell our product to sixty year old millionaires. We're not selling it to yeah. high school kids playing football and baseball and basketball." So we realized back then. That's why when we started Maryland Outdoor Incorporated, that uh, that we wanted to market our brands very differently. Yeah, because the the fishing side, the hook side of the business, is um, you know at that time we were marketing to saltwater fishermen and bass fishermen, and although I think the statistics something like ninety three percent of all hunters fish, not that big of a percentage of fishermen hunt. So yeah, sure. You know we yeah. we marketed the Nomad brand very different, and we put our stake in the ground that this was a very much a pro hunting brand, mm-hmm. uh, but we just wanted to separate it because um, you know different things, and then. We, you know, at that time, which obviously the companies, uh, you know, we're no longer uh, the four founders in majority control, but, you know, we established that parent company in case we wanted to get in other other categories. Sure, you know, yeah. it's, you know our, our, the Hook brand was fantastic, and a lot of people are like, why don't you take the Hook brand to golf or to yeah. hunting? It's like, well, it doesn't, it no, doesn't it's work fishing. There. Yeah, yeah, it's fishing. Yeah. So, so that's why I we I never use a Hook in golf. Apparent. Not, yeah, exactly. There you go. <laughs> well, well I, mean, I guess you could, yeah, I guess you could if you yeah. want to catch your balls back. Yeah, that you hit exactly. In the water holes. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> or if you just want to fish in the ponds because they usually have yeah. pretty good bass. That, yeah, they yeah. do. <laughs> well, well, on another note, I'm going to ask y'all a question. I didn't get a whole rundown on y'all's morning. How was it? Well, our morning was, you know, kind of crazy. Uh, we started out at 4.15 or something like that, and we got in the woods about uh, 5. I mean, it took us about 30 minutes, 35 minutes to get to where we was at. We get in, and uh, we find – I mean, there's so much sign out. We seen a ton of sign in the area that we were in, but we struck off a owl hooter this morning. Never got an answer back hmm. from a turkey. Now we had owls answering back to us all morning. <laughs> <laughs> See, we had but, we had an owl fly over us. We, did you? Yeah, we did. Nice. We did. It was cool. But yeah, I mean, we couldn't uh, hear a gobbler for, like Caleb said from here to California. So <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I, we heard See, we heard a few, and you know what's crazy is. Uh, that's that, that's turkey hunting. I mean, it, it, it was. It we, I heard widespread reports from different friends in this part of West Virginia. Ain't hey, hearing goblin. It wasn't because they weren't there. We heard. We heard too. Yeah. But they wouldn't answer any owls. They wouldn't answer any calls. And they were there. They were just not not in the mood to talk. But well, you know, see, and my morning was different. Like Caleb was saying, you you hitting that trumpet call. I mean, that's a trumpet call is a totally different sound than oh, a friction yeah. call. Oh, yeah. Totally different sound than a wing bone call. Yeah, a lot of times There's, it's got a hollow sound. It'll make yeah. it pop, but not this morning. They're yeah. then, 
they weren't in the mood this morning, but who knows? You know, tomorrow might be a different day. Absolutely. And uh, it, it, and it changes day to day. Oh, it does. That's what that's yeah. what can be so frustrating, but so great about turkey hunting. Yeah. One morning they're on fire, and the next morning they're not. And yep. I, I'll be honest with you, there weren't any birds brought in here, and I hate it that it that happened that way this morning. But yeah. it definitely made me feel better because I was looking at Chris <laughs> Davidson and Caleb, and I'm like, man, I, these turkeys are hurting my feelings. I don't feel like I'm saying. I said I must have lost my West Virginia accent because these birds are not responding to. Me. <laughs> But yeah. speaking speaking of owls, it was funny. Uh, you know, the lady that was just here giving an incredible yeah, demonstration was, yeah. on yes. that. Uh, you know, the hawk, uh, the hawk that she had was really neat. But yeah. then she had an owl, and of course, yep. I walked up and instinctively hooted at it, and the owl gave me a dirty look. And she's <laughs> like, "Yeah, I'd appreciate it if you guys not uh not hoot because they get territorial on that. <laughs> Do oh, that really? That, yeah, that owl looked like it wanted to rip my eyeballs out. So. Oh my! God. I did not. Oh yeah. Know so that. don't. There's a little tip for turkey hunters. I didn't you know see that a either. live owl, and there's a. You know, a falconry person don't owl hoot at it because they <laughs> the owl gets mad and the and the lady holding the owl gets mad too. So I, I learned my lesson. Awesome! Oh, that's funny, man. Yeah. yeah so. so, like you saying, like I said, my hunt was a little bit different. We had turkeys. Yeah, yeah. You said they were on fire. They was on fire. We literally, when we got up on the top of the ridge and sat down, we was up there before, way before daylight. So we had time to sit down and relax a little bit, catch our breath from the freaking hike up. <laughs> yeah. And uh, daylight broke. They started gobbling. We had three gobblers sounding off within 70 yards. Probably not even that far. I, I would almost call it My 50 gosh. yards. We, yeah. we really literally walked right under them. You heard eight total, though, right? Yeah, we heard eight total. We had a couple behind mm. us, a couple on another far ridge off to, off to our right, and uh, the three right in front of us. We got our decoys out. We set them up. We was like, man, this is, this is hot. We're, we're going to catch it. We're going to get something. There's no doubt. We have to. They're right there. So um, <clears throat> set our decoys out. Actually, it was Hunt Chef and myself with tony as our guide we we all got set up mike was on camera filming us and uh we had to we had to move around a little bit to get lined up so we could both kind of be in position if it if it come to a double we was going to be able to take a double yeah but because he was using a bow no he was not oh his, did he not use the bow? No, if you talk to him his crossbow broke oh. on a trial run Oh, the okay. string snapped in half he i got, thought he was he got, he got a new one brought in today it'll it'll be here today so. okay good yeah but we, we uh, they was gobbling. We didn't even make a sound. We we let them do their thing mm-hmm. this morning. We didn't say nothing until we was set up and ready. We got our decoys out and we was set up ready. Hit a little tree call. Just all three of them blowed plum up. I mean, it was it was perfect. It was my my hair was standing up on my arms. I'm like, oh man, this is uh, yeah. this is it. We got you're, it. Yeah, that's what it's about. You're man. fixing to take a picture with a yep. long beard yeah. in front of the green bro. It's you know, yep. like you're saying, Jason. <laughs> you can hear them all day long like that, but it's it's about the chase. Yeah. You know? Oh yeah. Like when we were coming back from our hunt, it was like nine thirty, ten o'clock. We were driving back on the road, and we had uh, three hens and a tom run right across the road and up the hill. So we pull over. My son's like, hey, let's chase it. Run and gun. Here we go. So him and Cam running up the hillside. They're trying to get in front of these birds. 
and yeah. you know it's it's almost impossible to do that. Yeah. But my son was you know he's young. He's yeah, he's yeah. ready to go and run. He was like, that was some great excitement. He was yeah, like, I awesome. love that. Awesome. And I said, son, that's the, that's the key right there. Yep. Oh, yeah. You know, I've always taught my son. It's not it's not about the keel. It's always it's about the it's, experience. It's a extra icing on the cake, but it's about the experience, the camaraderie with your outdoorsman and your fellow brother in the outdoors, just spending time in God's country. Yep. You know. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, and like absolutely. like I was saying, we we did the tree call. They gobbled. Did a fly down cackle? They gobbled. Mm-hmm. We shut up. We're like, that's that's all they need. And they know we're here. Yeah. They're they're going to come straight to that decoy when they hit the ground. They're going to be twenty yards in front of us. Mm-hmm. And uh, they probably, that's not they what probably happened. had girlfriends. Y'all <laughs> didn't see. They that's had exactly plenty of ladies yeah. today. They, yeah. they went down the mountain instead of yeah. staying on the ridge. I, I got lucky two mornings ago in Kentucky. Uh, no, let's see what today. No, matter of fact, it was yesterday morning. And uh, we had a hen tree calling behind us at about, oh, it sounded about 75 yards. And we said, man, that's good. Uh-huh. And then a bird gobbled to our left. And I was like, oh, man. But he wasn't hot. And he didn't answer my tree calls. But luckily she flew down to go see that what she thought hen. was her girlfriend out there. Yeah. And uh-huh. He came out trying to hurt her like an old bull elk. And <laughs> it didn't, didn't, work, didn't work out too good for him. Yeah. So. Well, Jason, we appreciate you yeah, coming yeah, on, sir. Thank y'all for having me. I'm I'm looking forward to listening to your all's podcast of y'all being being locals from right there in Cross Lanes, West Virginia. Yeah. I'm looking forward, and it's certainly been great to meet y'all here yes. in, yeah, under definitely. an incredible environment. Yes. We'll definitely have to get back with you and talk to you some more, pick your brain some more. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Sure. Well, I appreciate it, y'all. Thank, thank you. you. Uh, yeah, him mentioning about listening to us. Yeah, we're on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. We're on about 20 different outlets. So make sure you get on there and check us out. Check us out on Facebook, On the Limb with Nature's Voice Game Calls. And uh, we'll be right back with another segment, I believe. If we still got a little bit of time, we've got to check and see how much time we got left here at this. So uh, we'll be right back with another segment. Thank you guys for listening. This episode of On the Limb with Nature's Voice Game Calls is brought to you by Backwater Truck Supply, located at 100 Armor Creek Road in Nitro, West Virginia, right across from the Town and Country Supply. Contact them today at 304-610-8699 or check them out at BackwaterTruckSupplyWestVirginia.com. Backwater Truck Supply specializes in accessorying your ride to your liking, new or old. Does your Jeep or truck need lifted or a leveling kit installed? They've got you covered. New tires or minor automotive repairs? They got you covered there as well with a full-service lift along with a wheel balancing machine. They are affiliates with some of the top brands in the automotive industry. Contact them today at 304-610-8699 or check them out at BackwaterTruckSupplyWestVirginia.com.